Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 1. At that time the Lord said unto me, Hew ye two tables of stone like unto the first, and come up unto me into the mount, and make thee an ark of wood. This is Moses talking about when God gave him the law, and then the people sinned, and Moses was so angry at the people that he broke the two tables of stone that had the law written on them. The first two tables God had actually carved from the rock and wrote on it with his finger. And then the second two tables, he had Moses carve the tables out from the rock for the law to be written on. God, in the beginning, he told Adam and Eve, multiply, have children, but don't eat the fruit from that one tree in the center of the garden. But now he's carved out a whole group of laws, mainly the Ten Commandments, and then all the other laws flow from that and branch out from those Ten Commandments. It's interesting that because Moses broke the first two tablets, Moses had to carve out the second two on his own. Two, and I will write on the tables the words that were on the first tables which thou didst break, and thou shalt put them in the ark. Moses is going to carve out the second two tables, but God is still going to write the law on them with God's own finger. Three, so I made an ark of acacia wood and hewed two tables of stone like unto the first and went up into the mount having the two tables in my hand. Four, and he wrote on the tables according to the first writing, the ten words which the Lord spoke unto you in the mount out of the midst of the fire in the day of the assembly, and the Lord gave them unto me. It says words, and we understand them more like sentences, but each sentence is a word of God, so it's a law. The word of God is all of his law. 5. And I turned and came down from the mount, and put the tables in the ark which I had made, and there they are, as the Lord commanded me. That's the ark of the covenant, and the tables were supposed to be in there as a memorial, along with a jar of the manna that they collected that came from heaven, and the rod of Aaron that had blossomed with almond blossoms to show that Aaron's lineage would be the high priest's lineage. All three of these things represent Jesus, because Jesus said in the New Testament he came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. So the law is in the ark. Jesus himself is the manna from heaven, which is the word of God. So the manna also represents the law, and the manna is in the ark of the covenant. And then the blossomed rod of Aaron, it's like a walking staff, but it had almond blossoms on it and almonds growing off of it, even though it was just a dead stick. That also represents Jesus Christ, because Jesus is our eternal high priest. And almond means appointed or chosen, and Jesus Christ is the appointed one. Christ means anointed, so he is the chosen one to be our eternal high priest. 6. And the children of Israel journeyed from Berath Benejakan to Moserah. There Aaron died, and there he was buried. And Eleazar his son ministered in the priest's office in his stead. And this hasn't been for very long, because it wasn't very long ago when Aaron died. 7. From thence they journeyed unto Good God, and from Good God to Jotba, a land of brooks of water. 8. At that time the Lord separated the tribe of Levi to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister unto him, and to bless in his name unto this day. Now that was right after the golden calf incident, where the Levites were the only ones who had zeal for the Lord, and they went and they actually killed a lot of the people who were dancing to the golden calf and worshiping it. And that's why the Levites were appointed to carry the Ark of the Covenant and the other holy things of the Lord. 
9. Wherefore Levi hath no portion nor inheritance with his brethren. The Lord is his inheritance, according as the Lord thy God spoke unto him. Levi will inherit no land of his own in Canaan because he gets to inherit all of the tithes and income that comes into the temple from the people. 10. Now I stayed in the mount as at the first time, forty days and forty nights, and the Lord hearkened unto me that time also. The Lord would not destroy thee. Moses did fast for a second time of a full forty days and forty nights. He did two fastings of forty days and forty nights when God gave him the law the first time, and when God agreed not to kill the Israelites and gave the law to Moses again on the tablet. 11. And the Lord said unto me, Arise, go before the people, causing them to set forward, that they may go in and possess the land which I swore unto their fathers to give unto them. 12. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee, but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul? God wants us to love him with zeal and completely with everything in us, and not compartmentalize and only love him in one area of our lives. 13. To keep for thy good the commandments of the Lord and his statutes which I command thee this day. 14. Behold, unto the Lord thy God belongeth the heaven and the heaven of heavens, the earth with all that therein is. The heaven is the atmosphere, and the heaven of heavens is where God lives. That's the third heaven. 15. Only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them, and he chose their seed after them, even you above all peoples, as it is this day. Because of Abraham's faith, he believed in the Lord, and he left his homeland to go where the Lord told him to go. And then Isaac also was a man of faith, and Jacob also was a man of faith, and they always pursued the Lord. They inherited this promise of being the chosen people. 16. Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart, and be no more stiff-necked. In the New Testament, we're told to circumcise our hearts, but here it is all the way back in the Old Testament. They circumcised the foreskin on the body for cleanliness and holiness, but it was only a representation of what they were really supposed to do, which was to circumcise their hearts, which means to cleanse our lives from sin and turn our backs on worldliness. 17. For the Lord your God, he is God of gods, and Lord of lords, the great God, the mighty and the awful, who regardeth not persons, nor taketh reward. Regarding not persons means he doesn't show favorites, and taketh not reward means that he doesn't take bribes. You can't bribe the Lord into forgiving you or giving you salvation. When you offer tithes and sacrifices to God, or if you spend a lot of time at church doing church activities, that will not save you. You have to obey him and believe in him completely to be saved. He doesn't love one person more than another. Some people get more blessing from the Lord. It isn't because he loves them more. It's because they believe him more, and their faith blesses them. Just like Jesus told the people in the New Testament, your faith has healed you. They were healed because they believed. We get blessed because we believe. And that's why I never have to worry about going hungry, even though the world is falling apart around me, even though I don't make that big of an income. I never have to worry about my needs not being met, because I believe the Lord is always going to take care of me under any circumstance, even if there's a blackout, even if there's a flood, even if the economy collapses. God will provide at all times.
18. He doth execute justice for the fatherless, the widow, and loveth the stranger in giving him food and raiment. Raiment is clothing. We need to remember when there's strangers in our community or in our land, meaning foreigners, people who are refugees, homeless people, God loves them. He has a very soft heart for foreigners, and we need to love them the way God does. That doesn't mean that we let them break our laws and murder us. No, that isn't love. But we need to treat them with the same kindness and courtesy as we do ourselves. And he loves anyone who's helpless. So if you don't have a father and you don't have a husband, you are helpless. No matter how you got there, even if it was from your own life's mistakes, you're still a helpless person. And God wants to help you. And he will come against those who harm you. A lot of helpless people who don't have fathers and husbands or anyone protecting them, they're prey in the world and other people take advantage of them over and over and over. But God is watching and he will get revenge for anyone who harms a helpless person. 19. Love ye therefore the stranger, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. 20. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, he shalt thou serve, and to him shalt thou cleave, and by his name shalt thou swear. All of our faith is in him. We only trust him, and we need to ask him for our needs to be met. We need to believe in him enough to ask, instead of trying to take care of life on our own. That never works. We've got to be dependent on God, and he is the only one who we serve. 21. He is thy glory, and he is thy God, that hath done for thee these great and tremendous things which thine eyes have seen. 22. Thy fathers went down into Egypt with threescore and ten persons, that's seventy people. And now the Lord thy God hath made thee as the stars of heaven for multitude. And that concludes Deuteronomy chapter 10.